Tailgate Church, so glad to be here again with you today and just being able to celebrate and think about all the incredible things God is doing in our church family. And today, I am super excited and blessed to have my friend Kelly uh, along with us. She's been at Stonegate along with Jimmy for uh, quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. And 12. as 12 years. Yeah. yeah. Which in Stonegate time, that's good. I mean, that's most of it. That's most of it. Yeah. That's most of the Stonegate two, calendar. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, man, I just, I love you and Jimmy. You guys have been mm-hmm. such good friends to me and my wife, Crystal, mm-hmm. over the last seven years. Thankful for you. Uh, Kelly has so much wisdom and grace, and she's just a great leader and a great teacher, a great mom. And uh, so I'm glad that she's mm-hmm. here today. And uh, we're actually going to be talking about a new book that she has out. Uh, but before we jump into that, and she's actually going to be doing a teaching here at Stonegate soon on that, too, at a Stonegate Equip Night on September 17th at 6 p.m., which you can go to our website to uh, register for. Uh, but mm-hmm. before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit, how did you and Jimmy, how did you guys get connected to Stonegate? Oh, that's a fun story. Yeah. Took, uh, we just moved here. We were taking our oldest daughter, who's just a baby, to the pediatrician, having a conversation about churches, mm. where to attend church. And uh, we got to the doctor's office. He knew Jimmy from his music and said, hey, you don't happen to be looking for a church in the area, do you? And we were like, uh, actually, we do. And he said, yeah. oh, well, you need to go to Stonegate. I know all the people who started it. Like, you know, I would go wow. there if I didn't already love my own church. And I wrote the name down, and yeah. we were here the next week. Isn't, Isn't that, that amazing? It's amazing yeah. how like the Lord uses all these different entryways mm-hmm. and uh, even means to connect yeah. us to a church family. Mm-hmm. So That's pretty cool. I'm so glad the Lord brought you guys to Stonegate. Mm-hmm. And I know even in your time at Stonegate, you've you've worn a lot of hats. And so you've been a really faithful, <laughs> I'd say first and foremost, even just church member. So you've mm-hmm. done a lot. So why don't you share for some of us who have been around for all those 12 right. years of the different things you've done around Stonegate. And, and uh, for, for context, folks need to remember, Stonegate has growing, uh, grown significantly yes. in those 12 years. So a some lot. of these things have also were due to need, necessity, and mm-hmm. and just reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, from day one, I really, uh, as a church member, feel a burden to pray. And so I was often asking uh, church leaders and, and pastors, Rodney and, and Laura, I didn't even know them. I was like, how can I pray? I need to be praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that still is a continued burden. Uh, for a short time, I was the children's minister here. Oh, man. Uh, before you, we... I'm sure that was great. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. Was, the church is exploding. And <laughs> yeah. our... Is that when we had like kids underneath the stairs at that the conference right. center? Uh, yeah. On a concrete floor yeah. uh, with some wooden doors on their side as a wall. Yeah. Let's maybe be glad we're not there anymore. <laughs> um, no, but I, I stepped into that need and then have done some care for our staff women. I've led redemption groups. Um have we led the college small group at our house for about seven years? You did, yeah. A lot and of great so, fruit came out of that. That was awesome. We loved that. Um, have led other small groups, been a part of small groups, um, been through redemption groups as a participant, as a leader, as a teacher. Teach. I was just actually up here uh, earlier today teaching women's Bible study. So yes. we have our fall women's Bible study yeah. that just kicked off today. And got to teach uh, about First and Second Thessalonians, so yeah. that's been kind of all over the map. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I don't think a lot of folks realize what an amazing women's ministry we have here at Stonegate, mm. uh, and we are just gifted with some of what I believe. I'm biased a little bit, but I think some of the best 
uh, Bible teachers in the country in our women's mm. ministry, and uh, you're one of them. So, mm, and I know you were you. teaching this morning, and you're doing a, you got, we have another round of that. So you're actually yeah. teaching the same. Is teaching it? again on Monday night. On so Monday night. we meet Thursday mornings and then Monday nights as well. Live teaching at both times. That's great. So that's kicking off this coming Monday if okay. you are interested. So make this. note of that. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, if you're a woman out there and you want to jump in and do that, we still mm-hmm. have uh, an opportunity for you to do that. You can go to stemgate.church and find out more yeah. information on it. So uh, let me ask this question before we jump into some of the book stuff. Um, what are some things that you love about Stonegate? I mean, every church has its mm-hmm. um, it, the, the ways that God's uniquely made it and mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses, but what are some things when you think of Stonegate that you really love? I, I love, this sounds so trite, I love the people of this church, and uh, I feel like there's a unique uh, number of just committed, I'm, he- I'm here through the ups and the downs. I mean, Stonegate really has changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, the time that I've been here, I mean, and all of those changes are hard. It's hard to weather change in a church. It is. And yet there are so many people who I can look at on Sunday morning. And it's like, I, I've been looking at you on Sunday mornings for a long time mm-hmm. when we were small, when we were big. Uh, and uh, going through COVID. Yeah. All of those moments. Yeah. So many things. Yeah. So I just think the Lord has been really kind to bring a lot of people to this church who've really just planted their feet in and said, I'm going to do life with, with these group of people, yeah. for better, for worse. Yeah. The good times and the hard times, we're going to be here. And that's such a gift to a church. And so I regularly feel like I'm thanking God for the people, uh, the steadfast people that God has brought here um, that, yeah, I see week in, week out. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like when I often think about Stonegate, it just feels like such a group of people that are uh, willing to, and first of all, acknowledge you're not perfect. So right. it's a place yes. where you can be pretty open and honest about that. And mm-hmm. people aren't going to be scared off or run away from mm-hmm. you, but often we're running toward people. That's right. And there's a resiliency that I think the gospel empowers mm-hmm. inside the life and the people of Stonegate that mm-hmm. just uh, is so uh, edifying for my own soul. Yes. In a lot of those moments. Totally agree. Yeah. So so uh, let's talk a little bit about your book. Yeah. So you wrote a book, <laughs> second <did>. book. <laughs> Can't so, believe it happened. Oh, man. I know. And I got to like uh, chat with it. you a good bit. Yeah. Well, loved you read my it. first read draft. The early edition. And, <laughs> and the um, but I, I got to like just watch this process unfold for you. Mm. And I know it's a it's a heavy lift. It is. Yeah. Well, and your wife had a role in that, too. One of my very first <laughs> writing retreats, uh, we I left, and Jimmy had most of the kids and would drop them off at camp. Yeah. And then our youngest at the time didn't have a spot at camp, so he went to your house yes. <laughs> with your Samuel. <laughs> he did. So that I could go on this writing retreat and think yeah. through these ideas. Well, so. they're good buds, and it was, it's they fun are. to watch them actually have their, their own yes. friendship there and all it's that. Fun. But what I loved about it was uh, I think this was a topic even that you wrestled with in some ways. Yes. and. I had to wrestle with the Lord even of like, do I mm-hmm. want to write about this? Mm-hmm. And it was born out of a lot of conviction. Am I right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the book is about purpose yeah. and meaning. And my life has had so many varied roles, even from before being at Stonegate, being yeah. on the road with Jimmy. If people don't know, your pastor, Pastor Jimmy, used to have a, a career touring <laughs> artists. And I was the merch girl and like mm-hmm. the road manager and all behind the scenes things for that world. And, you know, it was just interesting to be there. And then I've now had Mm. some seasons writing books or teaching Bible study and just seeing throughout all of that how I understand what my purpose is in life really uh, affects how I enjoy or don't enjoy certain seasons and what gives me life. So that book, this book really has been born out of my own wrestle. 
with those questions. Mm-hmm. I love that. Those are usually the best books mm-hmm. where yeah. they come from like, oh, the Lord has had me in the refining space mm-hmm. of sorting this out and giving me clarity and conviction on some of those things. So yeah. why don't you, I mean, start out. So the book's called Purpose Fooled. This mm-hmm. is your second book you wrote. Uh, and and I, I think it's such a timely and important book. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what do you think it is, some of the areas where we've been fooled in understanding our purpose? Yeah. <laughs> um, to answer that, I'll even say that the tagline uh, so the, it is called Purpose Fooled, yeah. um, why chasing your dreams, finding your calling, and reaching for greatness will never be enough, <laughs> which is kind of sounds like a downer. Yeah. Um, but I think that's one of the ways we've been fooled mm-hmm. is we think that if we could just achieve or accomplish something, if we could just figure out what we were made to do and do it, if mm-hmm. we could get to this mountain, the top of this mountain that we're climbing, um, that's mainly centered on our own activity and our own skill set, then I'll finally feel satisfied, feel like my life has meaning and purpose. But so long as we decide that meaning and purpose comes from what I do, what we do, then we actually don't find what we're looking for. We become enslaved to work. We do. If, if writing, for example, if writing books, being an author is what I was made to do, then anything that gets in the way of my writing is an obstacle. I have to keep writing books. Mm. It can never get writer's block. Like all of that matters immensely because it, it is the thing that holds my purpose. And if what I do holds my purpose, uh, I'm enslaved to that. It essentially becomes my Lord. And we're not really free yeah. uh, to follow Jesus. So I think uh, it sounds really noble. It sounds really good and christian even sometimes. But I think it is a way that we've been deceived. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, it, um, when I think about that, it seems like it would create so much anxiety <laughs> It does for folks. I yeah. mean, if, if that is the case, if I've got to define my purpose or achieve it, or uh, accomplish something before I have any value or significance. Right. I mean, that's got to create so much almost pressure and depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. even just sadness along the way for people. Yes. And a, a lot of times a feeling that your circumstances are holding you back. And so there's mm. a lack of contentment, which we're commanded, right? Godliness with contentment is great gain. We can't actually have contentment if our meaning and purpose is kind of on the other side of circumstances changing, on the other side of a job change or a set of tasks changing in your life, Um, which, again, is in those early years of traveling with Jimmy, it did feel like, am I benched right now? Mm. You know, he's on the stage preaching the gospel to people. They're getting saved. They're telling me how amazing my husband is and he's changed their life. I'm like, well, then what does that mean for me right now? Uh, I can't be content in this circumstance if my meaning is found in doing a particular set of tasks and not doing these. Yeah. So So if that's the way the world often misleads us in mm-hmm. chasing after purpose or feeling like we're going to find it, how would you say the Bible defines purpose? Yeah. Or, or even that's let's look, like, look at the thing of the word calling as well. I think yeah. that's such a word, word often too where we attribute or put so much into that word. Yes. But how would you say the Bible's defining those things? Yeah, that's the, I think how we as Christians take this uh, cultural idea and pull it into our space is the word calling. Because calling is a thoroughly biblical word. Yeah. And we do want to talk how the Bible talks and think how the Bible thinks. And uh, But what's interesting, as I was researching for this book and going, okay, what does the Bible say about these things? What does it say about our purpose? Mm. What does it say about our calling? The Bible talks a lot about our calling, but primarily uh, the Bible understands calling as you are called to a person. Mm. You are called to Christ. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, we just studied this book and as a church, right? Consider your calling, brethren. And what does he go on to explain to them? He is explaining their salvation, how they were saved. You've been called to Christ. Now, there are occasional moments that people, we see unique uh, tasks set before them, but it's always secondary to you are called to a person. And I think that's really what the Bible would say to us is your purpose 
is a person, mm-hmm. not a set of activities. Uh, it is the very person of Christ. That's who you were made for. You're made to reflect and glorify him. That's who you're called to. That That is your calling. Yeah. Is Jesus. And that actually sounds strong enough and secure enough mm-hmm. to actually sustain a purpose. Yes. One that doesn't feel flimsy or mm-hmm. circumstantial throughout life. Mm-hmm. I mean, which that's part of this fallen world. I mean, things are falling apart. They're changing. They're mm-hmm. unstable. And we're all looking for that safe place that mm-hmm. will endure. So I think that's such yeah. good news. I hope we all hear it's great news and stabilizes us through the hard seasons, just like the great ones. Yeah. It's really fun to get to teach Bible study like I did this morning. But, you know, what if it, in my future is sick children or being a caregiver for a parent? Or what about if I experience illness myself? Or it, all of that that could come my way can't steal my purpose from me because I exist for a person. Yeah. So now uh, it, it really does stabilize you and for you to enjoy the seasons you're in and even the hard seasons to go Jesus is still with me here and still has things for me because he's here and I'm called to him and I get to exist for him in the good seasons and the bad ones the hard ones and the easy ones let me uh let me make it a little bit more practical or see if we can apply some of these super important sacred truths that you're unpacking for us Mm. Uh, what would you say to the person whose life hasn't turned out the way they dreamed (laughs) so they're they're maybe a little bit further into their life, and it's like, man, I had a lot of hopes and dreams. It hasn't gone the way I thought, and I find myself maybe living with a sense of regret mm-hmm. um, yeah. and struggling with that. Or, you know, uh, or a young person who's just starting out and has a big dream in their heart. Yeah, is going, should I not chase that dream, or mm-hmm. what? What do I do with that? How do I actually stay within what you're saying, but also those kind of experiences? Yeah. Well, you know, let's start speaking to the younger person, right? Mm-hmm. The maybe fresh out of college, lots of aspirations for things they want to achieve in their life. Um, I don't actually think it's wrong to chase after things. I think the Bible commends us to a life of hard work, taking risks for the gospel. Um, but I think uh, what this message also conveys, and you see it most profoundly, I think, in the book of Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. is even if you achieve everything your heart could even imagine for your life, and you got to the top of that mountain, it wouldn't be, there wouldn't be anything there besides the one thing that you had in the first place, which is God. Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of the day, you get, you gain all that you ever wanted. It's not going to be enough to satisfy that deep ache for transcendent meaning. Only God can do that, which frees you to take those risks. And then to speak to the person who maybe things haven't turned out how you want it. You had big dreams and they all crashed and burned. Um, you haven't actually lost anything. Those dreams couldn't actually give you what you wanted. You might have thought they could have, like, oh, maybe that sense of meaning and purpose in my life might have happened if I had those things. But again, the author of Ecclesiastes says, no, Uh, you you can lose everything like Job did. I mean, Job and Ecclesiastes are really like, you know, mirror images of the same truth. Mm. Gain it all, lose it all. You have God, you have enough. He's what you were made for, which allows us to chase things with freedom and be able to take risks and fail if that happens. And when things don't work out, go, I haven't yes. really lost anything. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there may be things to grieve, but my sense of purpose and meaning is is still secure in the person I was made for. Yeah. It's really liberating. I love that. I love, and I hope we're all hearing that about that kind of heart posture, which changes it from like, I've got to do this so that I matter. Right. To rather, I matter. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm now freed and empowered <laughs> yes. to live out of that very reality. Mm-hmm. So which I think is, I mean, it yes. makes all the difference. Those motives do matter. They do matter. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Reference our last sermon. Go That's listen right. if you haven't. I was dropping that in. Because yeah, it was good. great. Yeah, a little Easter egg. A little Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, yeah, if you know that you already matter, mm-hmm. 
It really does uh, motivate a life full of hard kingdom work yeah. uh, in every moment, not just in the visible ones where the world watches, but like the hidden ones. I mean, some of the hardest battles fought are unseen ones mm-hmm. in the privacy of our own hearts, in the privacy of our own homes or offices or cubicles or wherever you live. It's like there's some hard battles won there and fought there. And because you matter, because you live with God and for him, you can now have the energy to fight that uh, yeah. freely from a place, uh, a healthier place than needing to achieve something to be okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this. As you've been uh, living these truths and writing them, uh, how have these truths in this book, uh, how have they changed your life? Oh, man. Um, a lot. I, my, my life is very different because of landing in, in just some clarity on these issues. Uh, and so even writing the book has felt like introducing dear friends to people. <laughs> they're not new truths. Um, they're old truths that I'm hoping are beautified for people. But um, my life has had a lot of different seasons. And even now, right, uh, we've got five kids at home and a little one. And so my life is full from very, uh, juxt- my full, very juxtaposed tasks, yes. teaching Bible study, changing diapers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, doing a podcast and uh, cleaning up all sorts of grime off my kitchen floor, um, forgiving someone in the privacy of my heart or getting to teach someone about forgiveness. I mean, and in all of those settings, because I know my purpose doesn't change, right. my purpose is a person, it's really liberated and stabilized my life. And uh, it hasn't de-escalated the value of moments even like this, where right. we're talking together, where other people are going to hear, and yeah. it can kind of feel special or neat. It's like, yeah, I think God can use this. What, but what it has done is elevated every other moment in my life to the same importance, because right. God is in those moments, too. Oh, that's great. And so... Uh, when I leave here and I drive home and I interact with somebody maybe on the road or a neighbor, that moment has as much weight because God said it before me. And even when my days kind of derail with detours like flat tires or sick children, it's like, all right, Lord, this is the race you set before me today. I live for you. This moment has weight and meaning and significance because God has weight and meaning and significance. So it's just exploded my life with, um, with purpose, yeah. with meaning. In all the mo- moments. In Maybe moments moment. that felt even mundane before. That's right. Yeah. That now they feel Or they were wasted. Meaningful. You know, it's so easy for yes. us to think God's economy is like our economy. Mm-hmm. But he's, so. he's, he's so happy for things to be wasted <laughs> at his feet, right? Uh, yeah, yes. It, it's not That's waste very biblical. to him. Yeah. But Jesus really does elevate his presence and himself above even effectiveness. Yeah. And things being used to the best of their ability to make change out there, right? Yeah. His his presence matters most. Yeah. Well, and uh, this is meant to be a little bit of an appetizer <laughs> for y'all watching or listening in with us today because uh, we have a Stonegate Equip Night coming up yep. September 17th. So we would love for you to join us. And uh, Kelly, I, I'd love for you actually just to share like a little bit more of a, uh, who you think should be there yeah. and how this <laughs> might be beneficial for them. So September yeah. 17th. 6 p.m. Uh, right here at Stonegate Church. Well, uh, I don't know if it's presumptuous to say everybody should Every, be there. Hey, it's, the, it's the right answer. Yeah, I But I mean, agree. who doesn't have uh, that question in their hearts? Uh, what is my purpose in life? Our children ask it. Mm-hmm. They want to know about those things. Uh, we ask it in every new season of our life. What is my purpose? Job change and in the end of our life when we're maybe moving toward retirement, stepping out of tasks we once did and stepping into new ones that I think – in every transitional season of our life, we have this question of what was I made for and what makes my life valuable and meaningful. And we all have to sift through a whole host of cultural 
ideas that are being told to us. And some of those ideas just get pulled into the Christian space with Christian clothes on. But at their core, they're still very worldly, secular ideas. And so I'm hopeful that that night will be a chance to explore those, give us some clear eyes to see what we're being told by the world around us and understand what the Bible says. And and in some ways, see how we're all very similar. Mm-hmm. The retiree in the room and the high schooler. Yep. It's like, in some ways, we've got the same issue going on in our hearts. It's just manifesting differently. Yeah. And I hope it'll unify us uh, to be companions to one another in the journey. Yeah. I completely agree. I think this uh, equip nights for everyone, everyone mm-hmm. would benefit from because we're all wrestling with these questions. Mm-hmm. We want to know, do we matter? Does our life matter? And uh, I can't think of a better way we could spend a night mm-hmm. than engaging those questions with uh, the seriousness that they they deserve. So it's a great thing for us to do. And also in the meantime, I'd encourage all of you, I'm gonna make a plug for (laughs) Kelly to pick up her book on Amazon or or wherever, I guess, wherever people buy books. Mm -hmm. And then we're supposed to say wherever books are sold. Wherever books are sold. But everyone goes to Amazon, let's just be real. We can listen on Audible. (laughs) Jimmy actually read a few of my chapters (laughs) on Audible, yeah. There you go. So So you get a few, uh, some Jimmy reading moments (laughs) if you go on the Audible version. But uh, we'd love to have you join us. And a church, we just love you guys. Mm -hmm. We would love to keep highlighting and celebrating um, the great people around Stonegate uh, and also mm-hmm. the great stories that God's telling around Stonegate. So make sure to catch you next, next time. If you need anything in the meantime, don't hesitate to reach out uh, or go to stonegate.church. We would love to get connected with you, to pray for you, and we are here to serve and care for you. Mm-hmm. Love you, church family.